Hey, welcome to another episode of Real Estate Redefined with Tim Bray and Andrew O'Reilly. Andrew? How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Can't be better. Look where we are. Yeah, we're in a beautiful Latimer Point um, for the next couple of weeks. Beautiful views. And um, what are we doing here? What's the point of this podcast, Andrew? So, I don't know. My my ultimate goal when I uh, came to you with the idea of the podcast is just... I know education. I think that's the number one. Like, I think we want to educate our listeners, educate our clients on things they wouldn't really think of in regard to real estate, in regard to real estate, life, financials, like yeah, mistakes, failures that we've made. Yeah, and and hopefully by talking about failures we've made, then we'll help other people avoid those things. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to hear from people in their, who are experts in their fields. Like, so if we can get guests on that people want to hear about and learn from, um, I think that's, that's the most beneficial. Yeah. We're, we're surrounded by people that are masters of their craft and it's our pleasure to bring those people to the forefront and have them share their experiences, uh, so that our listeners can, uh, you know, gain some knowledge and move the needle forward faster than they would otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, like getting a financial advisor on, getting um, people that have bought properties uh, for investment purposes, people that have lost money in investment properties. Like, let's learn from them. Absolutely. So for us as a group, what I'd like to share here um, is our philosophy, why we're a little different, because I do not see us as your traditional brokerage firm. And I hope that you don't as well. No, that's why I'm here. Uh, I wanted to learn from you that like you've you've got these ideas of being mistakes learn from your mistakes and learn from what you've learned so yes learn from what you learned yeah i don't know what you meant by that i have no idea um but it was really so deep that i don't even know how to address it no hey so so in my mind i feel like we help our clients to amass wealth so we're back and i have to apologize um what happened when everything just cut cut off there for a second was I was trying to get extremely intellectual and I was trying to look at some notes that I had from the day before and I was explaining to Andrew that I need to be off the cuff. I need to just do things, um, fly by the seat of my pants and just wing it and think freely. When I have notes or I have things that I'm supposed to be saying, uh, it does not work well for me. I don't know if that's ADHD, uh, ADD, whatever it may be. Um, it, that's one of my failures. That's one of my flaws. Hey, I'm I'm um, dyslexic, so I just say things out of order, and I look at myself. I'm like, what did I just say? Yeah, but and don't you, tell my wife. I'm always right. That, right, <laughs> but you know, it's the, it it is it's those struggles. It's those things. You know, you want to make things perfect. You want to make them right. And I, I remember doing a uh, one of my very first videos, and this was 10, 15 years ago when nobody was doing video, and I'm I'm. I'm so uncomfortable because we had a uh, uh, we had a script that we had to follow, and I couldn't I could not get that script down. I was making mistake after mistake after mistake, and finally I looked in the the fridge um, of the client's house that we were trying to do the video at, and saw that they had a six pack of beer. And you know, after throwing back a couple of beers, I was like, <laughs> "Well, heck with the script. Let's just wing it." And I'll tell you what, it came out amazingly so this here should not be scripted uh this should be just you and i hashing it out free-flowing 
trying to uh, help as many people as we possibly can. Yeah, we'll do can. the same thing when we got guests on. We'll just uh, bring them in and ask them some questions and see where the conversation takes us. Absolutely. So, yeah, where I was where I was trying to go with this is that, you know, the, the big difference, you know, I have a degree in real estate and urban economics, and it doesn't mean a whole lot. It really doesn't. It basically gets you your first job, um, whatever that may be. My degree is in sociology. I, 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 that you actually may, that may be more, um, I don't know, I, gra- pertain to- I graduated and I was thinking about, I was like, I don't even, I don't even know what sociology is. <laughs> that, that, that's awesome. Hence, now you're in real estate. Yeah. Um, but here we here we are. The, uh, you know, so so my biggest thing is I I do not want to be like everybody else, and sometimes that's a detriment to me. I don't want to be if everybody's going in one direction, I typically go the other way. Um, just so, like just like kids. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> you so tell true. them to do something, they're yeah, doing something it's, different. It's very true, you know, but but what I have gravitated towards, I know that uh, real estate is typically a transactional-based business uh, where you are rated and you are scored based on how many deals you've done and how much volume you have in play. Uh, once you get to a point where the money really doesn't matter, that's when I feel like you can truly help your clients. Now, I have based my life on my wife's salary, being a teacher. So everything I do is just kind of gravy. I don't have the pressure. So I feel like when a when I'm working with a client and for a client, I can truly give them what they want. Uh, and they may not like what they hear, but I'm trying to help them get to their end game the best ability that I can. I'm trying to get the group. I think that's really important. Like your ultimate goal in real estate is you're working for who? You're working for the customer. Yeah. So you can't just want to close the deal. You need to do what's right for them. Yeah. Um, and you're, that's hard. Yeah. And your job is to guide them through that decision. Um, you want, you don't want them to get in their own way mentally. You got to work, help them work through those little problems that they get stuck on. Um, but at the same time, you don't want them to, to go all in and make a bad financial choice. Right. And look, every agent, I mean, every agent took an oath, right? They, they did. It's care, obedience, accounting, loyalty, and disclosure. Um, and they've promised those things to their client and, and it's tough because they may be working on a transaction and they're so close to the finish line. They put in hours and hours into this deal and they, the, the right thing to do may be kill the deal for the client, but sometimes they opt not to do that. Um, in times like this, we have more agents in the marketplace than I have ever seen. And you know what's funny is drive by, uh, and you, I think we talked about this before, go past any real estate office on a Monday or Tuesday morning. And what's the most prevalent vehicle of choice right now? Oh, I don't know. Where is it, Tim? It's a Land Rover. So look at this. So in the past, and I'm talking the cycles, 2008, drive past a real estate office and all of a sudden there are all these Land Rovers because everybody's making a shit ton of money. Yeah. That typically means you're at the top of the cycle. Yeah. So, and and here's the problem. In real estate, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going off topic here, going on a little bit of a rant, which is what we do, but agents typically aren't fiscally responsible. And I know that's a wild thing to say, but they, in regard to finances... Well, you get these, uh, you get these, these Big checks when you, when you sell some houses or you get a run on a few houses and all of a sudden you, you get a few commission checks. So what do they do? You spend it. So their lifestyle typically 
increases. So instead of just having that average house that they have, they're like, wow, I've got all this money. Well, you know, maybe we'll go buy a bigger house or maybe I'll buy that boat or maybe I'll get a new car. And then what happens is they will actually they'll leverage themselves. So their monthly payment is through the roof and the market tanks and what happens you're in trouble and that's what we don't want to have happen to our clients absolutely i think that's i mean i don't let's be frank what's everybody's what's the majority of people's ultimate goal well it depends you're trying to you're you're getting at define success well it's you define success what's this what is i shouldn't say that no it's like but in general a lot of people's goal is to be wealthy okay why what is wealthy what is wealthy to you I mean, wealthy to me is a happy family, healthy kids, and then having excess money where you're not relying on a weekly paycheck to survive. So to me, I mean, that is, I, think, I think when people say that money is the root of all evil, I think they're full of shit because I, th- I feel like you do need – it depends on your lifestyle. If you live a life that has – you know, you've, you don't have big overhead – then you don't have to make as much money as that guy that has the the boats and the, the oh there's a lot cars. of there's a lot of people who make great money and they're broke correct or they let they make themselves look like they have a lot of money because they drive these exotic cars and they want the perception of wealth to me success is peace of mind it it is that's it it's like if you're peace of if you're if you are at peace with yourself at peace with your actions at peace with your industry at peace with the people that are around you, then you're generally a happy person. Um, there are ways to get there. Usually it's hard knocks. It's usually life beats the shit out of you. Yeah. You know? I mean, you gotta, I think in general, that's, I mean, that's part of the reason we're here is to help right. guide people and not to make bad choices, to educate those proper choices. Like, yeah. like just because a mortgage person says you're pre-approved for a million dollar house, but you don't have any money to do anything else. Like, should you go buy that million dollar house? No. I mean, I, I, I'm, I look at this as we are here to help people amass wealth, but it's what they do with it that's important. If people don't understand that, you know, when you have excess money, if they don't understand how compound interest works and that the leverage of compound interest, which you and I talk about all the time, yeah. you know, making 6% compounded year after year after year can make the UPS driver a millionaire. Oh, in a very short period of time. Yeah, I mean, we're, I'm sure we're going to go into these topics on some of our podcasts. But that are you was cutting me off. Are you? Are you? Are you telling me to stop this no, conversation? No, 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 no. We're going to keep going. Like you, I'm sure you're ready to press the button here. <laughs> <laughs> I do. We should have like we should have this key word that means stop. So if I throw out there tippy toe, it means we're done. <laughs> and, no. and it's ending. No. So I mean, part of the one of the biggest things is just like the people around you, and, and you don't realize what somebody somebody can say to you that's really going to change your impact course you. impact you yeah. like when i first got my job in the liquor industry i sat down with a good friend of mine and he's like all right take out a piece of paper and i'm like he goes he goes let's let's let me teach you about your 401k and i'm like okay like i i somebody said you should invest in your 401k i get it like when i have the money i'll start and he's like he goes take out a piece of paper and so if you can right now like if you're not putting money in your 401k and you're listening to this take out a piece of paper and um this is what he had me do (laughs) thanks tim (laughs) so so basically what he told me to do is like say you add five thousand a year 
into your 401k. Um, and then he goes, say the market's doing, let's just say 6% a year. He goes times that by 0.06. And I know you're writing this down, Tim, but you don't have a calculator in front of you. And I know you're not going to be able to do the math. <laughs> so, so, but either way, so if you can just take out 5,000 a year times it by 0.06 and you get a new total and then you add your 5,000, you're new to that. And then you times that by 0.06 and compound. you compound interest. But if you write it down it shows you the power of it like because you can say it all day like this is what happens and it's really hard to picture 20 20 years out but at what age you saying when do you start this you got the younger the better like you're saying five thousand dollars when you first started do you remember when you first started do you remember no i mean my gosh, five thousand for most people. How do you get five? How do you get an extra five thousand dollars when you're twenty-two years old? How do you get it? You just make it. You be frugal. So like what? Like what would you do? What, what are some things you could do to, to to each day to save ten bucks? Oh, I mean, there's little things like everybody says, like make coffee at home. Okay. Like, don't go out to dinner as much. Yep. But like, I I know those things are important, but. I always think it's the bigger things that kill you. Um, it's your your car payment. That's it. There you go. Um, like your house payment. Your house payment. Your apartment. Your apartment. Like now, your cell phone bill adds up. Your cable bill. It's the bigger ones. Like I'm I'm not like don't go get a coffee type of guy. Like you still got to enjoy life. And if you like coffee, you like coffee. Go get your coffee. But don't go broke with a seven hundred dollar car payment if you can't afford it. Are you buying going out and buying Tito's? I mean, that's probably, you know, you should be downgrading. You shouldn't be drinking the good stuff. Yeah. So what I would recommend at that young age, if I could, if people are out there and they're, they're really trying to get ahead and you're in your early 20s, look at a multifamily. Absolutely. You know, that live could change in your- one side and don't pre- pretend that you're not ever going to sell this thing. You know, you're going to live in one side and the person next door is going to be paying for your rent and your mortgage and you're going to be able to save a ton of money if i if i can go back in time that's the number one thing i would i would wish i did is buy Absolutely. a multifamily to and if start you can't do that and you're in a city or you're in a place that's um overpopulated you can even do a group housing so you look at something that has three four five bedrooms you know three or four baths and you share it and you have a bunch of professionals living with one another paying you rent guess what you're going to pay your mortgage. You're going to pay that property off. They're going to maintain the property, and you're going to have an asset that actually generates a revenue stream over time. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's amazing what little things you can do to amass wealth. You don't need to make $150,000 a year to become a millionaire. Here's the problem, buddy. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. You've got your phone like within three inches of you. Kids these days, they want something. What do they do? It's immediate gratification. Oh, that's 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 what I, I'm telling I mean, you. I, I, so, that's why I hate Amazon because, like, back before Amazon, and look, Amazon's fantastic when it's things are on sale, things are cheaper. But in my opinion, it's like you can get things too easy. Yeah, like you can just swipe right, and all of a sudden your pa- package is on the way. Isn't that some kind of dating? Get- I, I don't think yeah, yeah swipe I, but I don't know you, if it's swipe right or swipe left I don't I, I don't know so but either way like you you don't have that chance to be like I didn't need that right it's, because it's, you didn't make it to the store and so like five six days and you forgot you up. wanted that and it shows up it shows up and you paid for it and you paid for it 
Yeah, so you should have some kind of a lock on on your your phone. Um, I mean, we technology these days it does. I think it can help us in a big way. But if you are young, inexperienced, and you know, kind of immature, then it may not be great to utilize technology to be purchasing things all the time. No, just you got to be you got to enjoy life, like because I mean, it sounds stupid. We you only live once, but at the same time, you just gotta. How do you get peace of mind? You don't get peace of mind being in debt, no. and knowing that you're giving a portion of your money and making somebody else wealthy because you know you every single month you can't make the payments, and that's the biggest stress. Like you gotta shut off your phone. Sorry, I really apologize. This phone is like you know, I'm in demand. Yeah, hey, that's a good thing. Your uh, your clients need you, but I don't know. So I mean, I'm sure we're gonna get to, into this throughout our uh, our podcast. We'll bring in some guests and stuff like that that can help educate everybody that's listening on, on things to do, things not to do, mistakes that people have made. Um, you got to take risks. I think you just got to make smart risks. Yeah, I, I mean, risk is definitely important. If you're risk averse, then you know it's hard to amass wealth, especially if you start with nothing. But if you take a step-by-step, um, very strategic route in trying to generate wealth, it's not that hard. No, absolutely not. Like, you just got to be smart. You got to take your education. I don't even think you, gotta... you need to be smart. I just think you need to take action. Somebody put an action plan in place and says, look, you're doing, you, this is what you need to do. Yeah, some people need somebody telling you yeah. or, or listening to people that have done it. Like, there's been most millionaires didn't get money passed down to them. Most millionaires don't make $300,000 a year. They right. just have made smart decisions. They've they've taken risk and they've saved. Yep, absolutely. Hey, I appreciate your time, Tippy Toe. And um, till next time. We're out. <laughs>